A very special Weezer bracket is brought to you by the Target at Santa Monica and Western. (laughs) It's a real thing. The Target at Santa Monica and Western regrets to inform you that it will never be built and will always be a mirage taunting you. That's fucking horseshit. That thing's going to exist. <laughs> it will not happen. I will, be there the, I will be the first person in there, and they will welcome me in, and they will say, this is for you, Andrew. They'll say, hey, Andrew, here's a bucket of cement that's just laying around that <laughs> we put here five years ago. It's still here because this is just a skeleton structure for that will some never reason be it, finished. For some reason, it has. What kind of cement is this? <laughs> if you don't mix it, I guess it has because there's been rainwater just going through and rotting that whole yeah. thing out. <laughs> so I still think that Target might beat the, dra- uh, the Alamo Draft House downtown. Apparently, the Draft House is somewhat finished. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Again, yes, I will too. I, some people were saying, oh, wow, it took this long to build it. It's like, no, they weren't building it for five <laughs> Do years. Do people not know how this stuff works? <laughs> it was They were jammed up by some sort of bureaucracy red tape. It's like, you know, starting a business is just, especially if it serves alcohol, which both these wills, theoretically, uh, it's like going to the DMV every day of your fucking life. Usually it's easier if you're Target, though. You would think that uh, most politicians fall in the pocket of Big Target, but in this case, not. L.A. cannot be bought this one time. Or as the mothers say, Target. Please don't bring this element to our <laughs> podcast. We have a very lovely podcast without that fucking garbage. I want the mothers. I want to bring in the mothers to the Weezer bracket. Let's call your mom. Let's see what she has She's to say about it. She's asleep right now. <laughs> in a separate bed from your dad. <laughs> That's in her $4,000 bed. <laughs> this is all true. <laughs> my, my dad has not slept in the, that in their same bed for like 20-some years. He does not like... He's like a night owl, so she can't take it. Oh, he likes to uh, play video games and watch sports uh, after she goes to sleep? I understand play, that He doesn't one. play video games, but he does. He sleeps in the basement because he likes it down there. In the and, basement? Yeah, he likes, like, the, he likes the basement. He sleeps on the couch. Like there are like multiple beds you could sleep in. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. like there. We have like two extra. We have like two guest rooms that are never used. Two guest rooms? What is this well, house? Three now, I guess technically, since you know my bed's there too. It, it doesn't have all your posters and stuff still up. No, my mom turned it into a sewing room. Oh. But it's got my bed's still in there. Okay. <laughs> I now when I go home, I have to sleep on a blow up mattress. Nah, my bed's still there. Well, you have like a, you still have like family in your house. I mean, it's just my parents <laughs> in like four rooms. <laughs> that, the, those are bedrooms. There are many more rooms. How in the big house. is this house? How how big is Shea Woods? Uh, well, there's a basement, then a, a, a ground floor, then a second floor, and an attic that no one ever uses. Wait, there's, there's nothing in your attic. I think there's stuff, but I mean, yeah, like, it's, that, a, I mean it's a hard act to get into. It's a, one of those ones where you have to go through the closet and, and open up, like, you know, like... Oh, a, a trap door. And yeah, a trap door and okay. whatnot. It's an old house, it's, it's, so I think it's pretty gross up there. <laughs> this interview... My mother's never let me go up. Expect. Your mother never let you into the attic? No, it's like, it's, I think it's dangerous up there. I Did you, I was there like one time you, you came home and you said, God damn it, Mom, I'm 27, I'm going into the fucking attic? I had no, like, I don't think anyone ever goes up there. I don't think anyone... We have like um we have a other place we store our stuff, 
My, we have an old because like my dad owns in the grocery store. The original building, the original grocery store is we technically own, though we donated it to the Historical Society of Malvern. But we still have the upstairs that we stole, store like our Christmas decorations and the store's Christmas decorations in. I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, as interesting as this has been, I think we should start the show. Unless there's something more you want to add. No. <laughs> okay. But yeah, there's two floors in the basement. <laughs> Right, welcome back to the Weezer Bracket. It's been a long time since we've recorded. It's been a long time since I've seen you. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, it's Nick Rob. Hey, it's Andrew. Uh, and so I've been working, and then I, I was moving my girlfriend in with me, and so we went to Brooklyn, Nashville, New Orleans, South by did a did all of it. I'm very tired now, and then I went back to work on another movie. And I just want to say something. We're actually technically dead. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in, in the uh, in the lore of Weezer Bracket, in the mythology, we're technically in, dead. In the Weezer Bracket cinematic universe, <laughs> Kevin Smith killed us at Veggie Girl. Maybe that's why everybody didn't like that episode. Maybe everyone was just like they were mourning us. Yeah, they're very sad. They yeah. re- they really come. They couldn't get over that it. fact. <laughs> they couldn't enjoy the rest of the episode because they were crying and shit. Look, if you want our opinions on. Teal album here 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 it is not good yeah it's pretty bad uh there's i so i was at this uh restaurant in nashville and everybody wants to rule the world comes on and i'm like you know wow i haven't heard this song in a while and then river started singing like Like, i'd forgotten that that was one that they had covered (laughs) and then it's just like there was no point to cover this song yeah, I don't get it. I wish they had covered songs that like he had was really interested in, or you know, undiscovered stuff that you know. I don't get the I don't get those covers. I don't get the rhyme and reason. Yeah, you you get exactly what it is. They saw that they could cover a popular song and make a lot of money out of it, so they covered a lot of popular songs. <laughs> I wish, you know, and it's like this is one of those times where even I hate being as cynical as I am, but there's no other reason. You don't think we Weezer Rivers, like even fucking Pat, like have some like weird obscure British invasion uh, band that didn't make it that they said they found this like random seven inch digging through crates and they look they all listen to go whoa listen to the syncopation and the harmonies and wow this is a this is a gem of a song you know you don't think they have favorites like that that they could have like just re-recorded put the weezer spin on it and put out into the world and say hey look here's some other stuff that is great that people should pay attention to no no we have to get the fucking the top eight songs on Spotify right now. I think Rivers really loves that obscure gem, Take On Me, <laughs> by AHA. By who? I've never heard of this before. And he wanted to give it that Weezer. He didn't, they didn't give it the Weezer spin. They're all no. just fucking like, just straight it's, up covers. Like, it sounds covers. like Rivers karaoke. I know, it's horrible. It's like, what are the other guys even doing? Did you watch that uh, Take On Me music video? I did. I did like that there was um, there were some deep cut references to uh, Rivers' past in it though. I'm I'm, I'm 
What, uh, yeah, the, the band was his like original band. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I you know watching the video for that. The only thing that really struck me is just where we've come along technology wise, because the story behind Take on Me is that it comes out and it does uh, marginal numbers, if any. And then, like... This is Weezer's take on me, correct? No. <laughs> and then it was something like, I forget, it was like nine months, it might have been like a year and a half later, the video came out. And the video catapulted that song to a Wait, number two placing. But was it released as a single a year before, and then they decided yeah. to do a mu- music video? That's no, so no, 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 no. The music video took so long to do. Oh really? It was just like they just like had played it out, and it just took so much longer. That it they took had, you know. so much longer, and so it came. It came out months and months and months and months later, and MTV decides to play it, and then that gets everybody to hear the song and catapult it to the charts. It's fascinating. It is. Which also another thing I didn't know: at no point has MTV plays counted towards the Billboard charts. You know that that makes sense. And it kind of doesn't, but yeah, I mean, like it was just a different time. Yeah, uh, but radio plays counted. Yeah, and it's basically the biggest radio station. Yeah, that's true. It's odd. Like they like you know, it becomes a phenomenon in the eighties, and it's like you don't think by eighty eight they're like, hmm, MTV has been catapulting all these songs to be hits. Maybe we should factor it into our, our playlist. That's a good point. You have to think that those things are so correlated, though. They probably. I don't that has been that has been a th- yeah that's been a factor for sure yeah uh, anyway so what we're avoiding talking about is the black album <laughs> Andrew let's just get to it what is your favorite song on the black album I will start mine is dirt off your shoulders which black album is that that would be Jay Z's <laughs> who else has a song called dirt off your shoulders I don't know I could, I, could, I thought maybe you were doing the Metallica reference because there's Metallica oh, the Metallica's black, black album, album. <laughs> all the waters have black albums uh, they're, they're all kind of better than this one <laughs> yeah do you want to know my actual favorite song off this album because I think we're going to probably focus more on our, our least favorite song on this album correct yeah let's just talk about it as a whole okay um, what really strikes me about this album is just how boring it is. It is pretty boring. It's such a. It's so weird that it's boring because it seems like he had focused on this album for a while. Yeah, like he had this idea of what this album was, which really blows my mind because it seems like he had an idea of what this album should sound like and be like. And because he even put it off, he says, "Oh, I'm still working on it." Because they put out um, the last one, yeah, Pacific Daydream, Pacific Daydream. Because he said, "Here's some things that I worked on while trying to do the Black album that they they didn't fit on this album." Because apparently he had an idea of what this album was. <laughs> I mean... And I just don't see it. No. And I can kind of see it in the terms of uh, how Woody Allen would describe a movie. Yeah. He says, what you have is a pure idea. And then you ruin it when you write it. And then you ruin it when you shoot it. And then you ruin it when you edit. And the hope is that the idea was so good that it can be ruined three times and turn out okay. Do you think this idea was good from the start? I don't know what the idea was. I have no clue. No clue. And what's really interesting to me is that it the uh, that's is that it is boring. Yeah. Like the reason why we could do this show or the reason why this works is that the Weezer missteps are also bizarrely fascinating. 
you know, there is no time flies for this album. There's no can't stop partying. There's no where's my sex. There's, there's no, no in the mall. There's no there's no song that is just so completely misguided <laughs> to where I'm like, I don't know how he decided to release this to the I public. Th- I think a few of these songs would have made the initial bracket, definitely in the 64, of course, yeah. but I don't know how far they would have went. No, there's none that I would say like would put up a fight for the Elite Eight. No. I think that's probably going to shock some people. I mean, it shocked me. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, okay, I, I don't like where this album's going. But honestly, they're they're so tepid and forgettable. Yeah. Like, could you tell me what the hook to uh, Too Many Thoughts sounds like right now? Too many thoughts in my head now. Too many thoughts in my head. And now it goes... Too many thoughts. Do, do, do. Too many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no that, that's the hook. The thing I sang was kind of the, the hook. No, you were actually closer than I would. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, I guess the, the real kicker for me and the real disappointment was when I, they finally released the track list and California Snow was the last song on the album. Yeah, because I was kind of... When it came out, I was under the impression it was just going to be one of those like for the, floating for movie, singles. For a movie that, he, that no one's ever going to see. Yeah, what is the movie even? I don't know. It played, well, it played the LA Film Fest, so that says it all. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I thought it was going to be a floating single that just doesn't end up where, like, You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses, which was on the Terminator 2 soundtrack, yeah. but never turned up on an album, it's not, it's, which was one of Axel's first oversights that <laughs> led them to ruin it's great i mean they actually got schwarzenegger to be in that music video <laughs> no they didn't it didn't look like it, are you sure i have no idea anymore i'm pretty sure it's actual I've, I've heard it like 10 different ways but i'm pretty sure schwarzenegger's in that music video oh well, it's not weezer related who cares i don't know it's probably more interesting than talking about this album <laughs> but no it's like even if california snow had made the album i would have been okay but the last track on the album but let me play devil's advocate here okay is there a song that deserves the last album placement (laughs) is there is there a song that you thought like this would have landed like man if they really had finished with zombie bastards this would have been a more cohesive album (laughs) you have a point (laughs) Uh, are there any songs you like it's all like there's it's all here's what it boils down to it's a bunch of songs i don't mind yeah you know, I you know, there's a few like I actually really liked Byzantine. Yeah, yeah. I liked that one a lot. Uh I actually kinda like California Snow. See, I like Piece of Cake a lot. I like the hook of Piece of Cake. The actual verses and all that I really don't like. But like the hook of that song drives it though. In the way, hook of that song is yeah. great. And it's like you look at the title and you think it's gonna be one thing and then it's like she cut me like a, a piece, piece of cake. And it's like she ate me up. I'm like, this is really clever. And it's like, this really reminds me of this young songwriter from 1994 that everyone had a lot of hope for. Ben you know? Folds? <laughs> yes. It reminds me of Ben Folds. <laughs> I'm like, this song is also secretly about an abortion. Oh, no. He only had one song that was that. I'm not a big Ben Folds guy, as you can tell. I'm not a big Ben Folds fan, but I'm a big, big Ben Folds 5 fan. <laughs> it's, the, also, it's, the, it's the backing band that really makes it. <laughs> There's only three of them all together. College, radio, rock. Late 90s. 
So you want to go through them and uh, talk about our feelings? Or? Sure. All right. So first up, the lead track for some reason is Can't Knock the Hustle. Which we have already gone into before. It's kind of grown on me just a little bit. You know, it's kind of grown on me and also... What's the opposite of it? Shrunk on me? Like <laughs> you had a little bit of shrinkage? <laughs> I have, yeah. <laughs> the parts I like, I kind of like a lot more, and the parts I dislike, I dislike a lot more. Hasta luego. I like that part. I like that part too. Um, did you if that was the hook of Mexican Summer, that would been, uh, that would have even helped it even more. Which I, I like Mexican Summer, but it's like it fits more in that. Were you telling me that Rivers was supposed to be in the music so, video originally? So here's the thing: well, the reason why you're listening to this podcast is because me and Andrew are industry insiders. What industry? All of them. If you want to know about what's going on in big grocery, Woodsy's the guy. <laughs> if you want to know what's happening in aluminum siding. I've got some guys I can talk to that can get me the skinny. But recently, a little birdie came and talked to me about the video. And it says that Rivers was going to be in it until the last minute. And then he dropped out for whatever reason. And... We're like, who can we get? And then you just got Pete Holmes? Pete Holmes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I you, got crashing on the brain. Pete Wetz. <laughs> I'm, a cra- I'm a crashing boy. I can't help it. Oh no, they're called homies. Oh yeah, we are, we are homies. <laughs> I love it when he fucks on the show. <laughs> Man, we would have definitely had that. This has been sponsored by Crashing if we, were, if we had that a few during that part. Oh my god, this show has gotten to you, man. It's over now. I know. I know you're holding I mean, up withdrawal. pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Pete Holmes as Rivers Holmes <laughs> would have been kind of a more interesting choice. I think it would have been funnier. I'm sure. I mean, like... Because Pete Holmes, comedic mastermind. <laughs> oh... Pete Wentz, so so they just went to Pete Wentz, and he's like, okay. What else is Pete Wentz doing? That's a good point. Actually, Fall Boy is weirdly popular it in is. a way God, that you God, I don't... saw that. Yeah, so we can't actually, you can't do the, what's Pete Holmes and Pete Wentz. <laughs> 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 oh, God. My brain's infected. <laughs> Man, I gotta watch this crashing. <laughs> it apparently just gets into you like the way like you know, someone you can tell when someone start watches the wire and they start making a bunch of wire references and it's all like a bunch of characters you forgot existed in the wire. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me and crashing. <laughs> Got some crashing deep cuts later <laughs> coming up later on the podcast. All right, so I mean everyone knows can't knock the hustle. It's not great. Nope. Uh, then it's followed up by Zombie Bastards. The second single. This is how lazy this album is to me. Is like the first two singles are just the first two songs on the album. Yeah. Um, That's like the laziest like tracking to me. I mean, maybe these were, it was kind of like Green, where these are the order they were written in. Oh, and the third one is High as a Kite, which I, I think he released as the third single. Uh, yes, and then Living in L.A., yes. So Zombie Bastards has a co-writing credit. By Rami Jacob. Who's that? Uh, he goes by Rami. He's a disciple of Max Martin. It's the first song that Rami worked on that he has any credit on. 
is a small little single. You might have heard it. It's called Baby One More Time. Hmm. Uh, he was in the Max Martin machine. I'm sure he knows Dr. Luke real well. Uh, he worked on a lot of songs by like One Direction and stuff like that. He did One Last Time by Ariana Grande. He did Starships by Nicki Minaj. Oh, I like that song. He co-wrote Backstreet Boys, It's Gonna Be Me. Oh, really? Yes. Which also gives a nice little six degrees of separation. So Rivers Cuomo, Rami Yacob, Backstreet Boys, Lou Pearlman. Uh, I gotta correct you on one thing. What? It's Gonna Be Me is in sync. Oh, fuck. Oh, well. Okay. I'm okay getting that one wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew I knew it. I was like, I think he's wrong, but I had to like I had to look it up first. <laughs> yeah, I mean when I talked about Lou Perlman, you were quiet. I'm like, because oh, it's wrong. like that's where it's gonna be May yeah, comes yeah. from. Which and, I think is which like is Timberlake. Which I believe is our worst meme. Yeah. Oh, it's coming up. And I know, and I'm not looking forward to it. There's this one is like exceptional for me because there is exceptionally nothing clever about it yeah unless you post it in like august <laughs> i like I, I like when people do like wake me up on september end jokes like wait <laughs> <laughs> hey it's time to wake up the guy from green bay it's february 11th <laughs> but yeah it gives it gives a nice little six degrees separation from rivers to lou perlman and the greatest of all time rich cronin uh <laughs> Do you think Rivers ever met Rich Cronin? Oh, man. I wish they did. I, I, be, I wonder if they both dated Jennifer Love Hewitt at the same time. <laughs> By the, is it, maybe, she's the, maybe she's the guy that he, uh, she left him for. <laughs> By the way, I had the privilege of seeing the Lou Pearlman documentary at South by Southwest. Uh, it's fucking amazing. It's going to come out on YouTube, I think, around the end of the month, something like that. It's going to be worth your money. It's fucking crazy. I gotta watch this thing. It's it's so insane what he did. He's a titan. <laughs> He's a titan of industry for sure. <laughs> He's a titan of the music industry and a titan of the blimp industry. <laughs> hey, he was a big guy. Well, you don't need to be calling him a blimp. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> now, uh, Lou Pearlman uh, pioneered blimp advertising in the United States. This isn't in the doc, so I can tell you. And so he, what he did is he took a model of a blimp and he painted it red and wrote McDonald's on the side. And then he and a buddy drove up to Shea Stadium and got a fishing pole and some fishing line and hung it over and took a picture of it. And so it looked like a blimp was flying over Shea Stadium with McDonald's on it. And he took that to the McDonald's executives and like, look, your brand could be on a blimp. And they're like, oh, my God, we got to have a blimp. I like to just imagine it's just Ronald McDonald and be like, oh, my God, I got to get in this blimp business. I mean, he's the CEO of McDonald's. Yeah, of course so yeah. he is. Uh, let's see what else I wrote for Zombie Bastards. Absolutely no direction in lyrics. I die, you zombie bastard. So I feel that something he wrote, he read in a uh, Weezer fan big. Yeah, fan group I think thing. we talked about it. I don't remember if we talked about it in real life or on the podcast. I think I don't remember where real life ends and our podcast begins. It's a real like it's like a thin line. It's between me and like just living in my crashing haze. <laughs> so the only other thing I wrote is is singing along to Queen, a Bohemian Rhapsody promo. Do you think 
Rivers saw Bohemian Rhapsody, like a preview of it, loved it, goes, yeah, oh my God, Queen's coming back, baby, with Adam Lambert. Uh, did you did you happen to just at least get to see the Queen like segment at the Oscars? I did not. Oh. The only part I saw is when Green Book won. <laughs> Lucky you. I was just in this like nautical-themed bar, and then it's on, and it's like, all right, let's it's like are they gonna do it do it do it (laughs) fucking do it it's like the end of uh escape from los angeles where snake has the the device that's gonna shut down the world and it's like oh he's gonna turn off all the satellites and he puts in the code 666 and it's like he's gonna do it he's gonna do it he's gonna shut down the world i was like that like the academy's gonna do it they're gonna blow up everything everybody's worked so hard for they're gonna invalidate movies as an artistic medium they did it oh you would no you were talking about if they did (laughs) (laughs) no no using green book is like all right they got rid of asia you know, I, it felt ba- kind of bad. I saw John Ottman um, comment on that scene everyone was talking about today. Which scene? The, the one that became like a viral sensation and everyone talked about. Oh, the You're Going to Be Our Next Band? Yeah, and he talks about how that was like, they had to do reshoots for that scene, and it was supposed to be shorter, and he had to make it longer cause for the pacing, and he's not proud of it. Because like, Ottman's not a bad, he's like... Not- I mean, everybody's saying, oh, look at this horrendous editing. It's like, this is a movie made without a director. Like, this editor deserves a fucking award. Well, from what I under- always understood is Ottman has always basically carried post-production on, on Singer's films through, you know what I'm saying? He's always been like basically the director of post-production for all his films. Because you know, like, Ottman, not only does he... um edits all of them and he he does a score for he's also the composer for all those movies god what a thankless job yeah uh high as a kite has uh i like the song i do too right it kind of sounds to me like rivers doing like harry nilsson kind of yeah yeah it kind of does sound like something innocent and like early 60s sort of thing and it's and like he he mentioned that he'd kind of he's he would be interested in doing like a harry nilsson album kind of next like he just mentioned, like he, I read an interview where he mentioned like that Harry Nilsson album where it's all uh, Randy Newman covers. Yeah, that and Van Weezer, which I felt really dumb that I hadn't done a Van uh, Van Fleet Weezer joke. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is co-written by Josh Alexander, freak, frequent Weezer collaborator yeah. of late. Uh, he did Da Vinci and a couple other songs on the bracket. <laughs> Uh, this is probably the best of them. I mean, the problem is like there is just nothing to this song. He's like, he says, "I'm parasailing," and then it's just three and a half minutes of talking about parasailing. Yeah, none of the, none of what he's singing about actually makes any damn sense. And it's like, okay, he does the high as a kite. Okay, it's kind of like, you know, if it were like a hair, you know, Harry Nelson, it kind of would have been like. You know, like the Puff the Magic Dragons, where no. they're singing about one thing, but they're really no. That's about the problem. Drugs. It's like you you think that Rivers should be singing something that's allegorical, but it all comes off as just straight up literal, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Also, the fucking video doesn't match it either. No, like well, they could have done a fun video about parasailing and like you know crashing into shit, and it's it's so weird how they everyone's made me a little bit tired of Mister Rogers. Yeah. And like it's, I, I didn't think that was possible, but yeah, it's like I'm just a little tired of Mr. Rogers in the year 2019 when he's been dead <laughs> for 17 years. I'm tired of being in the pocket of big Mr. Rogers. 
And we have more. There's a Tom Hanks movie coming out this year we have to get through. It's probably going to be involved in the Oscar season. We have to get through. That's actually the perfect phrasing. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, Who is looking forward to it? How are they going to dramatize what happened in his life? It's uh, based on that. Um, it's based on that uh, that article that guy wrote a few years ago where he met Mister Rogers, and it's kind of I think the whole it's through his eyes, and it's like that. It's like that both shit thing where the cynical reporter learns that so, so Mister Rogers really was just who he said he was. Who fuck cares? <laughs> I was wrong about Mister Rogers. Then I met him, and then it turned out he was a great guy. It turns out talking out of your ass is bad. Although we shouldn't say that on because this is podcast is all that. Why would you? Why would you say that about Ace Ventura? <laughs> Mister Rogers was a good guy. There we go. I'm done. I've had enough. I had my time with him. We're good. I don't need to like. Oh, who's the new Mister Rogers? And oh, we need to like. You know, make things more Mr. Rogers. Like, let, I, let him lie. I kind of enjoy the music video when it starts getting intense and it keeps on cutting to all the children crying. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But I think... Because I like watching children cry. I Yeah. And so, like, I think the video in and of itself is well done. I think it's just... It should have been for a different song. Yeah. I mean, I get the sense because I don't know what other song on this album it would be for. No, but it because because Hi kind of has a very smooth, lackadaisical kind of calming effect that I think that was which they're playing around with. Yeah, that's fine. But this is the first time where I felt that Rivers' spreadsheet has gone past the song and into the video. It sounds like he had that idea at some point where it's like a Mr. Rogers and then things go crazy. It does feel like just almost like checking out things off a list of what would Weezer be interested in? What, what, what would we put Weezer in? Yeah. It also seems like maybe he got it from his new BFF Jimmy Kimmel or uh, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> it seems like a Fallon. Did bit. you see that they started, they, since they're doing that, they're back on tour with the Pixies and they're starting it off the uh, tour? The, the, the first thing they play is that. Uh, Barbershop Quartet, Buddy Holly video. I think they re-recorded it for the for the uh, tour. I mean, look, I don't know why we are wasting our time talking about this album when Weezer's method of promoting this album is to go on talk shows and do their songs from the previous album, which is a complete album of covers. Like, how unconfident in your material are you? I just think it's a weird thing. It's this weird thing where... They hadn't had a hit in over a decade. Yes. So th- this weird thing happened with Africa, and they—it's just like you need to cash in on it right now. You know, we—you know—I think we need to stop calling it Africa. You know, we need to call it what Beverly Hills too. <laughs> but the, it, you think about it. I think it's the next breaking point. I don't think there's going to be a long career after this one. Whoa. I mean, like, there will be, but I don't... Yes, yes, and we will have to tolerate it and record these podcasts <laughs> for the rest of our fucking lives. We will never be done with this. No. Here's the thing, though, and, like, I've been thinking about this, and, like, there's something about that Teal album that really pissed people off. People seem to love it. The general no, population I don't know, but it. do you remember Twitter for the next few days? People were pissed about it. That's true, but we we only subscribe to cynical Twitter. Yeah, that's true. But I also think it's a weird thing where they've been in the spotlight so much that people don't realize, like, 
when the Black Album started coming out, because it was such in the spotlight, people were like, ooh, this is really, this is the worst Weezer. And it's like, no, this is so far from the worst Weezer. Please, trust the experts on this one. It's just like, you just haven't been paying attention like we have for the last 20 years now. What have we done with our lives, Andrew? I don't know. Uh, so I wouldn't mind up, it if I was making any money off of it. <laughs> please send us some money. You can DM us. We got PayPal. I got Cash App. Yeah. I got Venmo. I got all that shit. So living in LA, it's fine. Uh, yeah, my I <clears throat> my note besides the co-writer is uh, Peppy. Uh, yeah, it's Peppy. It has Pep. It's, I hate Pep. Nobody hates Pep. Lou Grant did. No, that was Spunk. <laughs> I can see why someone would hate Spunk. <laughs> uh, so this has a co-writing credit with Johnny Coffer. Who uh, did songs with Fallout Boy, Panic at the Disco, Rita Ora, and he also did two other Weezer songs. He did three, but I only wrote two down for some reason. Uh, Feels Like Summer okay. and Jacked Up. I like Jacked Up a lot. I like Jacked Up too. But honestly, like if you told me, like, hey, which song on this album was written by the guy who wrote Feels Like Summer and Jacked Up? It is living in L.A. and it is nowhere. There's no nothing else is close. <laughs> it is so clear. It is so clear. Johnny Coffer's influence on this record. It's 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 yeah. just clear. Uh, it's no jacked up, but no, it's, it's no solid. jacked up. It's it's okay. It's grown on me a little bit. I didn't like it the first time I heard it. I I still don't like the this girl I like just because it's just so nonsensical to the rest of it. I don't like this thing where they drop two songs at once. And a lot of bands do this now because now I've, I'm just comparing these songs together, which is fine because I'll have to do that for the. It's not new. I know, I know, but well, yes, you're right because there's always an A side and a B side, especially well, with a single. There also were double A sides. The Beatles did it. Yeah, I'm t- yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that goes back to basically from singles forever. There was always a B single. Yes, yeah. I know you're right. You're 100 percent right. But it just seems like it's it hasn't been happening for the last for a long time and now it's kind of come back recently it does it does it yeah. feels like it went away for a while and now it's coming back and it's just like these seem like albums albums songs like these aren't singles yeah uh, well that was another, another thing a lot of times i guess sometimes but a lot of times they would be b-sides that wouldn't be on the album you know it, yeah. yeah so it was it was a different thing then next song is piece of cake which my favorite song on the album to be honest i just like the whole really yeah it's my, it's not my favorite song on the album uh, I think it's it's probably the best hook. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably my. You know, that's kind of why I still listen to songs by Rivers Cuomo as I'm looking for that hook. Yeah, but at the same time, let's do hard drugs. Maybe the quickest eye roll into a Weezer <laughs> song in history. Is there? A, there's like a lyric in this song where he's like, where he's like, have some Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to look it up. I need to make sure that is the lyric. Oh, I know it goes. Bitch, you thirsty, please have a Sprite. My crib's lurking, don't die tonight. No, that's Vince Staples. I'm sorry. Yes, I was aware. Maybe the fans weren't. Shout out all of our Vince Staples fans on here. Maybe we'll do Vince Staples bracket. Probably not. No, we're not doing that. So here's the... This is verse three of the song. goes, hey man, cheer up. Make your own luck. Have a nice life. Have some more Sprite. So there was this thing a while back where... There's a. Can I read you the annotation on? Uh, oh Lord! On Genius. Yes. Is it Sprite? Is a clear beverage. <laughs> Rivers is referring to his love of Sprite cranberry as he has started the band's direction towards memes. Africa was just the beginning. 
What? What? Is Scrape Cranberry a meme? I don't know. Look that up. Look up. Know your meme, Sprite, Sprite Cranberry. Okay, give me two seconds. Okay. Uh, so this is from Know Your Meme. White Wanna Sprite Cranberry refers to the line uttered by the, an animated depiction of my man, LeBron James, in a commercial from the, for the soft drink Sprite Cranberry, released in mid-November 2017. I don't even remember this. It seems like something I would have seen. Yeah, I, this doesn't seem like that popular of a meme. Let me see. You can tell from... Yeah, this isn't a popular meme. It sounds like this bullshit. <laughs> so I just looked up the, the uh, annotation for uh, let's do some hard draw, drugs, fix your problems. Yeah. And it's like, doing hard drugs to fix problems in life may seem like a solution to someone under the influence or in a r- deeply rough spot in life. But in almost all cases, it is an irrational solution creates more problems than it solves. That's why we like soft drugs, like <laughs> ice cold beer. <laughs> Ice cold beer. Or what Andrew likes, scalding hot beer. That is not true. That is slander. <laughs> uh, the bridge is also bad in Piece of Cake. I wrote that down. Oh, I, 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 I don't mind the uh, bridge at all. Yeah. I Basically, I love the hook. I don't like everything else. She was into me, and then she changed the dial like I'm grunge or gangster rap. And now I'm hanging out with a kitty named Boudelaire on my lap. I never stopped her planets turning no. Why would you even put that in your fucking spreadsheet? You're like, I've now I'm sitting in a kit with a kitty named Boudelaire. It's like, yeah, this is definitely going. I'm going to. I'm definitely going to use this someday. <laughs> that will come in. That will come back. <laughs> this one's coming back. This is the real money maker right here. There's going to be kids with T-shirts that say Boudelaire up and down Hollywood Boulevard. Okay, we've gotten through half this album. How about we call someone and see what their opinion is? On yeah, it? why not? Let's let's spice it up. We're kind of bored talking about this album already, so we're going to call a friend. Oh, there he goes. Hello. Hey. Wh- hey, Thane. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Hey, Thane. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Have you heard Weezer's Leiser- the Black album? <laughs> I've heard parts of it. Why? Why are you guys recording right now? Yes, oh yeah, yeah, we are. Oh yeah, oh, we. God. we, we for- okay. Yeah, we forgot we were supposed to tell you that up front. <laughs> What's up, buddy? This call's being recorded uh, for quality assurance. We we need to assure the quality of the Black Album. Oof. Okay. What what kind of songs do we have here? We're just kind of going through it. We're trying to figure out what we have. So, what have you heard, and what do you think is the worst song off of you off of it that you've heard? Okay. So, I've heard. I saw. I heard the, the two singles. Zombie I bastards. And uh, yeah, can't knock and, the hustle. Um, can't knock the hustle. Okay. Um, I thought can't knock the hustle. First off, hated the music video. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what? The chorus is kind of catchy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm sure he Frankenstein that together. But oh, of course he that did. Chorus. Yeah. I think that chorus works. Um, I think so, you, can, you can tell it's from a different song though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let me see here. I texting with my cousin about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, someone asked to ask them to be on tonight. What's that? Someone wanted your cousin to come back on the show. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Someone was like, bring on the cousin. They, or um, they said your cousin or your brother. They couldn't. Thane's <laughs> <laughs> relation. Uh, he liked like a kite and just being honest. Okay. All right. Uh, have you seen High as a Kite? Have you seen High as a Kite, the music video? 
no. What's that one? He's Mr. Rogers. They're like playing on Mr. Rogers, and like the kids start crying and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Thing, you, you're 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 big into this Mr. Rogers mania going on, right? I'm I'm all about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I was I liked it, but it's starting to get a little tiring. It's just a little much now. Oh yeah, no. It's by the time that we finally get the Tom Hanks movie about Mr. Wait, Rogers, wait, wait, it's Andrew, gonna be complete overkill. Is this just because? You wear cardigans, and you don't want people coming up to you on the street like, oh, you're wearing a cardigan. You're Mr. Rogers' core. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. All cardigan wears, you know, we were we were there first, and the cardigan's <laughs> going to come back hard this year. And uh, we just want everyone to know that we are wearing it before anyone else. Oh, do you remember? Uh, you're all there. Remember when we had that werewolf bar mitzvah party like six or seven years ago? Yes, and everyone had to be a werewolf version of a Halloween costume. And, Andrew, you went as werewolf Mr. Rogers, and I went as werewolf Andrew Wood. That's correct. <laughs> and uh, we both wore cardigans. That's correct. Um, so, anyway, Black Album. Do you think Here's the cardigans are still releasing albums? <laughs> um, <laughs> are those the only songs you've heard from it, though? Those are those are the... so. I can't even remember the names. It was a very forgettable experience. Can't knock the high soul, zombie bastards. I put on, yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew the uh, the singles. I put on the album on Spotify, and I found myself just kind of zoning out about halfway through. That's kind of I what we uh, too. That's kind of what we're saying is it's not like it's not like incredibly weird, terrible like Weezer did before. It's just kind of like mediocre and kind of zone out kind of sort of thing. Which is so strange to me because of all of this insane buildup. I know. I, know. I thought it was certainly going to go one way or the other. Well, we've um, t- but for it to be yeah. in the middle of the road is strange. Um, of course, then there's Teal, you guys. <laughs> yeah, we've already done. We've already dealt with that tonight. <sighs> what was your favorite on Teal? <laughs> My so Teal is insane. Teal is an insane thing that exists, and the fact that it's a, it's not only a real album, it's a color album. And if you guys ever had to redo the bracket, Teal would need to be on it. That's insane to me. That's insane to me. Gosh. I, um, I know. It's <laughs> like, what is worse? Just the No Scrubs cover or the fact that they fucked up the, the music to uh, Billy Jean? <laughs> okay, here's some, here's some interesting facts about all this. You know, if you go to Spotify, you can see how many streams they are, like the top 10 streams. Yeah. Uh, how many times do you think Africa's been streamed on Spotify? Too many. Uh, I, God. Thane, you want to take a guess? Uh, 30 million. Uh, what, what's, yeah. Actually. 20 million? 30. He, you're actually right. 30 million. Yes. 30 million. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Has has the rest of Teal performed? Uh, take On Me is streamed over 5 million times. Why? <sighs> and No Scrubs, over 3 million. They all, it seems like the whole thing's done at least over 2.5 million streams. But see, that I get is like it's 2.5 million people like, all right, let me see what this is about. Streaming it once and then they're saying, okay, I never need to do that again. So do you want to know what the <laughs> t- top, apparently the top performing uh, black uh, album song is? With uh, 1.5 million streams? I would guess Can't Knock the Hustle. Uh, on here, it's I'm Just Being Honest. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Yeah. At least that's in the top ten right now. Th- that might be different because I think the top ten is off. It's uh, they do it by a certain amount of time, yeah, recent time. So window. I can't knock the hustle. May have had more streams, but in the le- and recently 
I can tell that it's had 1.5 million streams. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah. That was, that's interesting. That song's not bad. And so what do you guys think about these upcoming albums that we're getting? These multiple Van Weezer and uh the harry nelson uh randy newman one he talked about (laughs) i'm very listen i'm very excited about any randy newman themed albums i don't i don't i i I don't i I don't know if they'll actually happen it's it's all like conjecture yeah all that stuff like people look to artists and they say oh i'm thinking about doing this and then someone reports it as well this is what's next you know it's and then it just becomes this weird thing that lives on its own like people go up to tarantino and say oh so in the vega brothers da, 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 da. And it's like the vega brothers is never fucking happening however can i say one thing um he t- he was talking about the black album for like three or four years Okay, yeah, sometimes things do happen. <laughs> I will, but no, no. It's and like, I'll also say But this, also, he can make any album... The way that Rivers' com- mind works. Yeah. The, ra- the way that Rivers' mind works, if enough people ask him about Van Weezer, he will make Van Weezer. <laughs> can Jesus, I, do you want me just to ask true. him about Van Weezer every day on Twitter for the next two years? <laughs> if you want to make it happen, that's how you would do it. You would need to create an account... Weezer Van Weezer or whatever, and just tweet at him from that account. I'm sure and someone has just make the album. I'm sure someone has already doing it. Like bullying Weezer into doing things is now like a bored teen have hobby. You, have you seen the amount of like fake you know accounts saying Weezer cover so and so? It's ridiculous. If you started looking down, going down yeah, that, they all start hole. following us. I know. That's how we see them all. Andrew and Nick, if you could get Weezer to cover any song for their follow-up to <laughs> that's the a good, That's actually a really good question. Really what would you choose? Oh, do you want to go first, Nick? Uh, yeah, I would like to see Weezer cover Sophie's Pony Boy, which is a bunch <laughs> of screeching and bass, and it's very unpleasant, but I love it anyhow. I'd like to see them cover Barbie Girl. That's actually a really good they choice. Would do it, they <laughs> yeah. would do it. Yeah. In fact, I'm a little shocked that that wasn't on Teal. That scene. Well, it's, it, it, it's it just feels not like on, it belongs on it. It's just not uh, top Spotify spins. You know, <laughs> that's the problem. Please recover Barbie Girl. Yeah, see, I'd go Tub Thumper. You know, oh. <laughs> I think, and I think he, I think they can actually do it pretty well. They could do All Star. They could do All Star. Yeah. I guarantee you that Ooh. campaign exists. Yeah, someone said, uh, do it. Hey, do you remember how Aqua had that second song? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? I mean, I owned that album. Yeah, I remember the I cover of that album. Yeah. Aquamarine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't actually think of what second song you're talking about. I, I own Tum Thumper. Tum Thumper was one of the first albums I ever bought. Tub Thumping. Oh, yeah. Tub Thumping. Tub Thumping. Yeah. Um, the I remember there was a song on that album that goes, uh, drip, 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 goes the water. And that's all I remember <laughs> from the whole album. That's, that's all I remember. My first all I remember were... is that Chumbawamba, it's spelled W A M B A. Chumbawamba. I know that, yeah. Chumbawamba. Yeah. I guess if you say it in an Australian accent, it, it's correct. I'm just saying that's where most people get it wrong. I just I, remember. I was Chumbawamba day one. So I also no. remember the big thing was always, they always had to talk about how they were anarchists. That was their other big <laughs> yeah. thing is that they were anarchists. <laughs> I remember they were on, like, they, they were on like, uh, the Rosie O'Donnell show wearing like some anarchist like, you know, t-shirts and whatnot. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how anarchists express their views via t-shirt. 
on that's on that's Rocky. really kind of true, actually. <laughs> All right, they we won't keep you that much longer. Thank you so much. Well, I I, I was absolutely no help, uh, but it was enjoyable nonetheless. Uh, okay. Thank you guys for calling, and no. I will talk to you later. I'll talk to you later, Thane. Bye. 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 At least we got some good chumble Walmart discussion. <laughs> you know, it's, it's shocking it hasn't happened before. So, uh, tough something. That was supposed to be about Northern Ireland or something? Yeah, yeah, just about getting yeah. drunk in bars and whatnot, I think. I thought it was supposed to be an allegory of the uh, conflict between Ireland and Northern Ireland. Maybe that's true. I don't know. All right, so next is uh, I'm Just Being Honest. Which and is apparently the highest streaming song on this album. So... Uh, in the vein of Teal, this is a cover of the Future song, uh, but really unloyal, unlike the rest of Teal. They, they they did this thing where they covered Future's I'm Just Being Honest, but they did it with a new melody and new lyrics. Okay. <laughs> so this one actually has the most interesting, well, all, one of the most interesting uh, co-writing credits on this. Who is it? So it's Amr Malik. You're familiar with him. He's uh, behind one of your favorite band's biggest songs. Okay. Moves Like Jagger. Oh, God. Payphone. <laughs> <laughs> but his songwriting credits are all over the fucking map. He's a co-writer on uh, Marina and the Diamonds, How to Be a Heartbreaker, which I think is one of the best pop songs of the last decade. Uh, he did stuff for Keith Urban, Sean Paul, Jesse J, Lady Antebellum, Pitbull, Dale, Ariana Grande, Jojo, more. Like he, he, he just is all over the charts writing pop records. And then the other songwriter is David Hodges. You're familiar with his work. Uh, refresh my memory. He's in one of your favorite bands of all time. Evanescence. <laughs> he also wrote for Reba McIntyre. He wrote for Backstreet Boys as well. He wrote for Jesse James, Avril Lavigne, Nickelback, Switchfoot, Five Seconds of Summer. Are these all Canadian bands? And Blink-182. I didn't know that Blink had a lot of co-writers on their albums. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> So in spite of, you know, having a Nickelback co-writer, I think this song is... I'm just... Yeah, I like this song. This is like maybe my second favorite song on this on the it's album. It's fine. Like, I I like it, but this is this is definitely in the fade-out zone, whereas, like, I'm listening into the car, and then I'm just like, I wonder if there's a faster route to my destination. What do I have stuck in my head? What, what song has, like, I'm just being honest? I'm just... What song is that? That's this song. Not this song. No, no, no. That's not this song. Futures, I'm just being honest. Uh, I'm just being honest. I don't know. I'm just being honest is such a common turn of phrase. I I, don't know. I know. Which one you could possibly be referencing. Yeah, this song's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty okay. Yeah. I was talking to Joe John. He said this song was in a reference to another song. What was it? Which one was he saying it was in a reference to? I forget, though. I mean, I was not part of this conversation, so I don't know. I wish you were there. Oh, can we talk about how Dave Sitek is, like, the, the main producer on this album? We've not actually brought this up. Oh. No, <laughs> um, I was listening to the Return to Cookie Mountain the other night, mm-hmm. and I started thinking about the fact, oh, yes, Sitek produced this goddamn album. I mean, I don't know what Rivers 
partner selection process is like. I don't know what he's trying to get out of the, these collaborations. Like when he collaborated with Mac Davis, even though the song was not what he was hoping, or maybe it was. I, I don't know his thoughts on it. But you see a guy where it's like, oh, this guy wrote songs for Elvis and Sammy Davis Jr. He's a fucking legend. Let me do, get a song in with him. But Sintek is such a weird, like, um, like Rick Rubin. I like this guy's a legend. He created the Beastie Boys. He created Def Jam Records. I want to work with him. I know it just, but like Sintek is like such a weird, like you know, kind of. I mean, like Sintek has been working with a lot of artists and a lot of like weird artists, but um, but he's also like just such a part of that. 2000 indie scene yeah and it's like something that rivers has never really expressed interest in or like seemed to care about so the fact that he chose him as like a producer seems so weird to me and it doesn't seem like something that has retained that popularity to where he would try to run to it yeah i mean i love well i don't think number one i don't think tv on the radio has released an album in six years now no I mean, I would have just heard about it nonstop from you <laughs> you would have heard about it but not nonstop when was their last I think 2003-2004. Well, it's a little longer than like six years ago. Uh, 2003 six years ago. No, it's not. It's 13. 2013. I mean, sorry. <laughs> like 2014, 20, 2013. I want to say 2014. 2014, yes. That's when Seeds came out. It's kind of a mediocre TV on the radio. Um, it is their uh, third highest charting. Okay. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. doesn't. It really doesn't. Because like, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, none of the singles charted. And also, just any time any band of semi note releases an album, it kind of breaks the charts anymore. Yeah, that's true. Just the way that it works. So apparently, this song was originally um, it was based on you know Scott and Rivers, like his like weird Japanese band. He you know he has. God, I can't. I I someone keeps sending us songs from it, and they're pretty good. I haven't listened to the full project. Apparently, this was on like their last album though, and he reworked it for as a Weezer song. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I I need to I need to listen to that thing. The, I listened to the first album. It was pretty good. It had some it had some really good like rivers like hooks in it. That makes me excited. Although it makes me kind of like upset that like he can't do it, you know, for the good old USA. Well, it's like when he was doing it, he was kind of keeping it simple and not like going for weird things. But when he's like Weezer, good, when he's like Weezer, he feels like he has to like reach for the stars and like it make, it causes him to. Go into weird places he should never go. <laughs> so, number track number seven is "Too Many Thoughts in My Head." Yeah, which we've already kind of talked about because you said, "Can you remember like what it sounds like?" Yeah. And I was able to kind of do it. Yeah, but I think this one's just utterly forgivable. Uh, this one of any song on the album, I really, really, really feel the spreadsheet on. Yeah. It feels just so uh, assembled, and then it, it's almost li- like literally what it's about. Like too many thoughts oh, in my yeah, head, <laughs> and it's yeah. And, but it's doing this thing where it's it's like that, but it doesn't get better because of that. You know. So I think this song is basically also about, just about how we take in media and everything today. I can see that. Do you know what the first two lines are? Uh, too many Netflix options. Well, the first line is "Stay up reading Mary Poppins." Yeah, stay up. Overwhelmed by Netflix options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, that it, it's better than let's let's do hard drugs. I feel like he's done that lyric so many times at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, I'm being edgy. I'm mentioning drugs again. I mean, he's done this one too. Or it's like, let me just mention some pop culture stuff, but pop culture that's a little off center. Yeah. 
What's really weird is, so this album has cussing on it, and none of it seems to fit at all. But this this is the worst offender where he says, uh, turn off that Lawrence Welk shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I get the sentiment, but like I, I hear that as like, yo, what did Lawrence Welk do to you, man? <laughs> it's like Lawrence Welk was just like a something you could turn on like when grandma is like upset about something it's like Here, here's your show and then they watch like all those like eight identical blonde girls uh tap dance you'd and only like, see it shuts if, them up. i feel like you'd only see it when like pbs was doing a drive and they'd bring out their old what lawrence welk uh episodes that really pleased the grandmas but man that stuff is like catnip to grandmas oh yeah they fucking ate it up and it's like Oh, these people, these three people are just standing there. The guy's in a suit and the girls are in like some like long yellow dress. And they're just standing, looking directly into the camera and just singing a song without any emotion. And the song seems to go on for 18 fucking minutes. You would get that followed by like a John Tesh concert. <laughs> At least a John Tesh goes crazy places where he plays like the radio, the uh, tape record, his, uh, voicemail yeah we've talked about that yeah because at I'm, least there's that and I hey, one of those remember and yeah and then he has ge smith playing guitar for him <laughs> and then it's like what the fuck is going on like lawrence welk never has those like turns it's just people singing and it's like okay and then like grandma's like this is the greatest fucking thing i've ever seen so was lawrence welk like on like every saturday or something like, something like that yeah, yeah i'm guessing it was a sunday show because it's semi vaguely religious you know yeah uh, it was like you know what it was. It was hee haw without the jokes <laughs> or the sex appeal. <laughs> you thought hee haw was too raunchy. Lawrence Welk is here to save you. All those like all those ladies. <laughs> you didn't want to get horned up by watching hee haw where the guy's wearing a fucking barrel and without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Welk has a sensible gray suit. <laughs> With a tie, and he's going to stand perfectly straight, pot belly and all, and well, just sing about to, to be f- hills and shit. To be fair, Lawrence Welk had like one of those very thin microphones, right? Yeah, like the Bob of, Barker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things, those weirdly phallic, like like a very skinny penis, super skinny penis. Sounds like you're making some admissions here. <laughs> I don't have a skinny penis. I don't think our listeners want to know one way or the other, Andrew. <laughs> I my, know I don't want to know one. My pen, I'm just going to say I'm not going to say anything other than my penis does not resemble assemble Lawrence Welk's mic. So the rap part is pretty <laughs> embarrassing on this song. I also wrote that down. But yeah, what did Lawrence Welk like? I never liked the show, but I was never like, oh god, is this fucking Lawrence Welk bullshit again? It's just like. <laughs> I, it's one of those things where it's so innocuous. I don't know how you get upset about it. You know? Uh, I wish we could ask him more about his feelings about Lawrence Welk. Larry Welk as the those close to him. No, there's de- that's a guy who definitely never went as Larry. Or like a Lou or something. No, nothing at all. Yeah. So after that is uh, The Prince Who Wanted, uh, and I didn't write the full thing. Everything. Everything, yeah. Which is about Prince. Yeah. Uh, but this has the most shocking credit on the album. Who, who? Brian Bell co-wrote it. Oh shit! <laughs> like that just kind of just it, seems like odd. 
It's really amazing that you could sing a, write a song that's kind of about Prince and have it be like the most unprince sounding like song ever. So I wrote, uh, not sure Prince would have liked this song. <laughs> no fucking way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> like that's there's a lot of those tribute songs where it's just like this person would have never liked this song. Absolutely not. Like Biggie would have never liked I I'll be missing you. You know? No. What is this radio crap? <laughs> Sean, what have you done? <laughs> I, I hated the fucking police. I mean, traditionally he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other co-writing credit is uh, Luther Russell. Okay, who's that? He's in the relationship with Brian Bell. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, it, yeah, so it's weird that Rivers is opening up to one of his bandmates, but also his bandmates collaborator. But then they kind of turned out what, to my ears, kind of sounds the most classically Weezer song yeah. on this album, and maybe in a couple years. Yeah. Um, so here's a funny th- thing about this song. It didn't originally start out as a song about Prince, but here's what Rivers, oh my here's what Rivers had to say. It didn't start out to be about Prince, but as I was working on the song and listening to it every day. I just couldn't help but be reminded of him and his story. His story? <laughs> I was such a big Prince fan from probably about age 20, even before Weezer started. No shit, because it was... Ni- yeah, you're telling me you were a big <laughs> fan of Prince before 1992? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, guess- I'm guessing that uh, Rivers also liked Michael Jackson during that period. <laughs> I was such a big fan of the Beatles, even before <laughs> Weezer started. <laughs> I was checking out the Rolling Stones. I just started tweaking the lyrics to make some Prince references. Yeah, Prince would have not liked this song. I mean, this is like the least horny thing that Prince has ever been involved in. <laughs> and you know what? The thing is, Rivers Cuomo has written some horny-ass songs. <laughs> <laughs> The songs that are so horny, they make you feel really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no real good get down song by Rivers and the Boys. But no, there are some horny songs. There are some Some horny horny songs, songs, but but they're all gross. But but they're not songs that make you horny. (laughs) 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 You're not going to fuck to them. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm sure people have. Oh, yeah. People definitely fuck the Weezer. I'm sh- but I'm guessing that's like if you fuck to like I don't know get you I'm sure you feel real bad about it afterwards. Hey guys, I just want to throw this out here. If you're one of our fans or listening to this right now and you fuck the Weezer, tweet at us. Let yeah. us know. Let, let us, us know, know what song. Let us know what song and how it went. How did it go over with your partner? Are you still with them? <laughs> or was that the end? <laughs> <laughs> what I do really like about this song is that this is one of the ones where it's actually about something and it's about one thing. Yeah. Even though if it didn't start out as about being Prince, I like that it's like, okay, I'll make a Prince tribute song uh, that sounds nothing like Prince that he would have hated, but I'm still going to make it. Uh, I'm not going to make it a single like others would to cash in on his death. No, I don't think that, that's not what he's doing at all. No, but I'm saying a lot of other tribute songs are cash in. Of course, of course. I mean, every rapper trying to make a little peep song is trying to cash in. Yeah. So, hey, did you get a chance to see that Terrence Malick produced a little peep documentary at South By? Are you making that up? No, that's not made up at all. 
I didn't see that. No. Apparently, he was friends of the fam of, of the, like the Malik oh, family. Oh God, I fucking remember this. Yeah. Yeah. So Malik was like a producer on it. Yeah, I think that that was just a one-off screening. I didn't see it. I left early. But yeah, Rivers writing about something, and in a classic style, it made me really like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's reasons why I really like this band. Uh, the next song's not bad. I this is actually probably my favorite Byzantine. Yeah, because honestly, like this, like the spreadsheet kind of lends itself to a Byzantine concept, you know. Well, yeah. Well, so apparently, uh, the bridge of the song is from '91. Oh wow! Yeah, it's from 1991, which is a, he said was a very early uh, '90s grunge Soundgarden type of song, but he reimagined it as this uh, French pop '60s thing with a drum machine. Okay, yeah, the drum machines are a little weird on this. Just like it's weird anytime that uh, Weezer uses a drum machine, but I kind of dug it. So you know about the lyrics too, right? Uh, what about them? He did not write these. Thank God. Uh, it's a uh, Laura Jane Grace from Against Me. From Against Me, yeah. Which I believe she wrote to him through text. She just texted, you know what I'm saying? It was she all, was just texting him yeah, lyrics. Yeah, she just texted him lyrics and stuff like that. It was not the most, like... <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing, though, is because like, the first lyrics are about um, Neil Young, and they're kind of about Pono. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the funniest things to me, is that we got Weezer lyrics about Neil Young's Pono. <laughs> <laughs> which is was just a huge failure of a yeah shout out to lord jane grace though because like all this is actually really believable that rivers wrote it yeah you know? like she really got into his head and just started texting him well sometimes May- it- or hold on or like she was doing that thing where you just hit the middle button and the next word that comes <laughs> up and rivers like this is genius but it's like sometimes it makes no sense at all kind of like most river songs but yeah i like this song actually yeah like i so before i knew that uh uh lord jane grace uh wrote it i wrote all the words i i I thought that this was kind of rivers turning into the skid of the spreadsheet by saying it's byzantine and all that it's like okay it's kind of like here's what it is and here's where we're going and that kind of makes it like this kind of like reframes it as like experimental art and in that context like this is a really good song yeah i mean it's a really good song to listen to yeah it's, way, so. yeah and the last song is uh california snow yeah i don't have much more to say we've actually talked about this song yeah all i can say all i can really add now is the song that before it starts when he's doing all the, the this is the definition of flow yeah i mean look that the whole song still really 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 reminds me of ao technology um, but that first part really sounds to me like Diane towards uh, Into the Ninja. <laughs> All right. So there's that. Uh, so I guess we can wrap it up. I mean, uh, so what? What do you think is the worst song on here? I gotta be honest. It's got. I'm gonna. It's like it's like the thing with Weezer that keeps on happening. It's either one of those first two singles for me. Uh, yeah. I was. I'm pretty down on too many thoughts in my head. Uh, I think it still can't knock the hustle for me. See, uh, the Ossoluego thing's grown on you, hasn't it? It has. Like I, think, I will say, it gets stuck in my head. And it's like at least can't knock the hustle is more about something, even though it's a rich man telling me what it's like to be struggling. 
It's like, okay, this is that. Zombie Bastards is his... Here's a song vaguely about what it's like to be in the music business, but it has no direct POV where it's yeah. like him responding to the critics or the critics uh, lobbing stuff at them. You know, because he could have write, written a really sardonic take where it's a fan... Uh, like taking shots of him. Yeah. Chameleon Air famously did that a lot on his mixtape Messiah series. Uh, you know, he could have like written all the stuff. I mean, Eminem's done it too. And, you know, just taken all that and then twisted it a certain way and made something really clever. Instead, he does this stuff where he's defending his stuff, but he's also like saying he's going to take down the music execs. But it's also, I don't know what he's trying to do. So that's where I would put it. I guess. I don't think there's that much to it. No, and that's that's the other problem. <laughs> All right. So it's it's weird. Um, you know, but I guess my thing is this whole album rollout, which is more more interesting the than the actual album. Yeah, is it put everything in the spotlight in a way that it hasn't been for years with a Weezer album. Yeah. So it made people overreact to it. Specifically, the quality and just the antics and everything. I mean, overreacting to a Weezer album is pretty much a staple of the fandom. It's true, since but Green. this time it didn't feel like it was the fandom at times. Yeah, it, this time it felt like it was a weird mainstream pop culture thing to do to be upset about uh, Weezer, which, and, and, which I can say, like, okay, what is the one thing that has happened from Pacific Daydream uh, to Black? that made it cool to be upset about Weezer, and I can think of only one thing. The The Weezer Weezer Bracket! bracket. So, you're welcome, America. We did it again. (laughs) Weezer Bracket. Undefeated. Never lost. So, speaking about the Weezer Bracket, I think soon there will be new things coming up. Yeah. I guess we won't be called the Weezer Bracket, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll just keep the name then. (laughs) We're doing other shit, but still call ourselves a Weezer Bracket. It's a good name for us. I like the Bracket Boys. Dem Bracket Boys? D-E-M? Yeah. I do like that, too. Yeah. We'll figure it. We're, look, so people keep asking us oh, what we're going to do next. We don't know yet. We, we don't. We, we we're not our, keeping it from you. We Yeah, we we keep arguing back and forth. We have ideas that we both like. I do like that it's now March right now and everyone else is doing their own goddamn bracket, but we don't have a bracket we're doing during this period. We, we tried to start during March last year and that didn't happen. Yeah. We started in like April or May. But or I, guess, like I guess I guess the thing is like we keep it fresh when everyone else isn't doing it. Yeah, yeah. We don't do brackets when they're popular. We do them when they're unpopular because we're cool like that. At the end of March, when you're tired of brackets, you're like, God damn you and all your brackets. We'll bring it back. And you're like, well, <laughs> the, the, the them bracket boys are at it again. No so, every, no. so what's nice about this year about March Madness is there was an upset day one of a like set of a 11 team over a seven. Yeah. So that destroyed like 95% of brackets. So everybody's not paying attention anymore. So they won't get bracket burnout. And then once, once, once it's all done, we'll be there. Yep. See, people, people will have bracket withdrawal this time. And so a, a, a hungry fix. nation, don't need your fix. A hungry nation turns to them bracket boys. <laughs> the only men they can still trust. possibly just Weezer bracket. Or, or or possibly that, or the blank bracket. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 next time, I just don't think we should name it, because that's going to get real tiring. Send us your ideas. Yeah. Feel free to propose your ideas to I us. I mean, you people 
send us all sorts of garbage anyway. So I, don't I don't know why you would hold back on that. I mean, everyone that, tells this us. This is the way to do it. Be antagonistic to the fans. What, what, what's new? Uh, you know, I mean, people keep telling us what to do. Uh, you're going to do it anyways. We might as well ask for it. And then it's sanctioned somehow. You got anything? Last words? Hasta luego. Adios. Admire. Fuck Ska. Yeah, fuck Ska. Fuck Ska. Get the fuck out of here with the Ska shit. Fuck Ska. Hold on. There's people trying to make a Ska comeback. And I'm saying we have to draw the fucking line. Okay, if you're out there, nobody better be buying no saddle shoes. One of them hats with like a fish lure in it. like (laughs) Those uh, John Hedren shoes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah none of that shit like we're not letting a ska comeback happen all we right we'll stop that day. We're, we're stopping that let's i mean no swing either but that 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 tried to come back like two years ago and that got stomped out let's look to that and stomped out this ska revival uh i think the 20th anniversary of uh, lou bega mama number five is coming up here in like a week or two uh so german national lou bega is still touring uh in europe we should be yeah anyhow see you guys see you guys bye bye And we downloaded it from hooksounds.com, Creative Commons with Attribution. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And see you next week. Oh, I would also like to give a shout out to Spence Nicholson for helping us with the art. Yeah. Oh, he's real happy about that. And, giving, and letting us record in your house. Thank you, Spence. Thanks, Spence. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Love you.